G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Monday, we do like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby around the biggest issues that are on this week's political agenda. Michelle Pierce is the CEO of the Australian Christian Lobby and Michelle's back with us. Hey, Michelle, welcome back to 2020. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. We'll get into those issues uh, that we want to touch on, the political agenda for this week. But Michelle, how are you settling into your role as the CEO at ACL? It's been a busy couple of months. This is week nine now, and um, I am just continuously surprised about the barrage of issues that we're continuing to fight. Um, But I'm in my zone. I'm loving it. I'm loving being on the front lines in the battlefield and appreciating all the support from around the nation. Well, you are on the front lines and uh, for listeners, regular listeners will know when we talk to you about issues, you are right in the middle of a battlefield. Let's talk about one of the most serious issues that's ever really come onto the agenda in Australia, and that is this misinformation, disinformation bill. Um, What's the latest from your perspective on what the government is doing with that? It is really dangerous, and thank you for acknowledging that, Neil, because what this has is the power to silence Christians from from being able to voice their ideas, their opinions online, especially when it comes to politically sensitive or cultural issues of the day. And, and the harm here really lies in what they're interpreting to be harmful misinformation. And it's within the definition because they say that misinformation is content that is considered false, misleading or deceptive, which regardless of intention is reasonably likely to cause or contribute to serious harm. And we know that in our current cultural climate that this could be related to things like posting about abortion that could cause you know, women uh, facing pr- crisis pregnancies. The government could say that that's harmful to their mental health and that could be taken down. Now, this isn't a far reach uh, because even the WA Health Minister called uh, us saying that babies are born alive following abortions and left to die misinformation. And so that language is already being out there. And uh, so this has the, the danger of interpreting that to removing some of these Christian, you know, perspectives from online digital platforms. Uh, we can all imagine somebody there uh, waving a flag against uh, Christians and the way we stand for certain ethical values and issues and saying, no, what they're saying is misinformation, disinformation. And when a bureaucrat gets to decide what is true and what's false according to their own truth. I know that on your website, you're, you're saying this is really as serious as this, like a cancellation of democracy. Is it that serious? Well, that's right, because it's, it's, it's the, not even the government. They've given the responsibility to ACMA to enforce this. The, that's the Australian Communications and Media Authority. 
And ACMA have said to digital platforms or within their discussion paper that the, the digital platforms themselves would be liable to fines up to 5% of their global turnover if they don't censor uh, what could be misinformation or disinformation online. So they're obviously going to create that scope to be enormous, you know, and so that they're not at risk of being fined enormous amounts. And you're making that reference, as the government does, to big platforms like Meta or YouTube and enforcing what the government says is truth. Uh, this is where the trouble is, isn't it, that a government department can make that, that sort of um, that deliberation around what's true and false. That's where That's the real right. problem yeah. lies. Exactly. And it's not even what is false. The interpretation says what could be considered false. And so the scope, like I said before, it's enormous on what could be considered to be false. And it leads to, you know, considering about the things we put online about gender and our belief in men and women, our belief in marriage and, and family, all of these things that are unpopular culturally at the moment. And we know that there's an agenda to push this out of the public domain. Uh, now, you know, the digital platforms will be forced to uh, be drawn into this as they already are somewhat, but this would make it more extreme. And we'll continue to have level-headed discussions about this. Uh, but for listeners, uh, your website seems to indicate free speech gone, democracy gone, human rights gone, and government accountability gone. That's just how serious it is when you talk about this misinformation, disinformation bill. Is there anything that you're encouraging listeners to our conversation today to do to take some sort of action talking to MPs? Is there uh, any sort of things that you're encouraging? Absolutely. They've got a consultation process at the moment. Uh, submissions are open up until the 20th of August. So you've got 10 more days. And I just encourage people to go on the ACL website, acl.org.au. Go to our page on the missed disinformation bill. You'll get all the information you need there, plus the link to be able to send your submission. But also, this is a great opportunity to speak to your local MP because this will come before the House at some point. They need to be prepared and understand why this is a bad idea. Michelle, other issues that are on the agenda, and these are really serious too, aren't they? Uh, earlier this year, the Australian Law Reform Commission, they pushed off until the end of the year a report that they would make around Christian schools. What's the latest from your perspective on what the ALRC is doing right now? Well, we, we see it shifting slightly, which we hope is a positive sign that uh, that Christians will be able to maintain their right to, to um, employ Christian staff. Uh, there still is a way to go in terms of the way the Christian ethos is protected amongst the student body as well. Uh, we were able to meet with Senator Michaela Cash and Senator leaders last week, and we felt we had open ears in that discussion. So it is important that we're going to speak to the relevant people, the ALRC themselves, Liberal and Labor cross-party, to really help them to have an understanding of why protecting the Christian ethos is really important. Uh, we can't, you know, count our chickens before they hatch. We we have to keep pushing on this and not take for granted even the things, that, the, the positive things that we're seeing from our conversations. Um, but we have volunteers across the nation who are doing an incredible job.
job going in groups to see their local members. And this is a coordinated effort from, from ACL, um, having uh, our local campaign organisers, organising groups of people to go visit their MPs. And this has been really successful in having those important conversations with individual members that are going to be faced with uh, really uh, looking into the religious freedom issue and what their position is going to be on it. And around Christian schools, uh, so important here because uh, anyone in church life ought to see those Christian schools as an extension of the church. So if there's going to be control over those extensions of the church that's coming from government, uh, somehow or other, uh, that's just another step away from actual control of church and uh, what is taught, uh, what is preached from the pulpit, uh, the rules and regulations that apply. So that's really challenging stuff uh, to continue to monitor. Uh, let's go through some of the other issues. The children born alive uh, issue, babies born alive. You've even got evidence now of a very recent case of a baby surviving an abortion and just being left to die. Yeah, that's right. Uh, she remains anonymous, um, but she has given us evidence of these cases where babies do survive abortions uh, and, and have been left to die. We know it's a fact. We've just seen it as statistics. We've heard the story of baby Jessica Jane, which we quite often talk about, um, the baby who was born alive and left to die in the Northern Territory. But just recently we've had a midwife come forward. And if you don't mind if I just read an excerpt of, of what she said in her statement, she says, um, I have confirmation from two midwives who held the baby and from the birth and deaths book. The reason that it took this baby so long to die is because the size was really good. You know, sometimes the scans are really bad and they get the size wrong. She says, in terms of how long the babies remain alive, every baby is different. Of what I have seen recorded, anywhere from 15 minutes, another it was an hour. One case which has occurred recently was a baby born at 21 plus six weeks gestation where the midwives held the baby for five hours before it took its last breath. This is absolutely tragic, Neil, and, and hard to read and hard to listen to. And it's hard to think that politicians might be hard-hearted enough not to take really close notice uh, when these things are raised. And you did mention just a little earlier that there was a WA health minister who uh, said when people speak out about babies being born alive that that could be classed as misinformation or disinformation. Uh, that's almost hard to believe too. Hey, just on another quick issue or two just to touch on, the New South Wales government is discussing conversion therapy laws. You've been following that along. There's concerns there might be just a cut and paste from what's happened in Victoria. Uh, what's the latest that you're understanding out of New South Wales? That's right. And for anybody who's not familiar with, with the conversion practices uh, prohibition bill or what conversion therapy means. Uh, what comes to mind is this uh, lobotomy and electrotherapy, you know, shock tri type treatment, which is to try to get people to change their, um, their, their you know, their sexuality. Um, but when Alex Greenwich, who's the author of this bill, uh, was asked about that, I mean, he admits that this just doesn't happen in Australia. Um, however, what this bill will try to achieve is the suppression of being able to counsel somebody 
who who wants the counselling in terms of um, their sexuality. And um, it includes, I mean, part of the explanation says carrying out a religious practice, including but not limited, not limited to a prayer-based practice. So to be able to pray for somebody or counsel somebody because of their their gender or sexuality issues, even when they're asking for it, um, pastors, anybody could be liable for penalties, and this is really dangerous. Well, there's all those concerns about what criminalises Christians, and uh, we all ought to. To be having some alarm bells ringing uh, when those sorts of laws are up for discussion as they are in New South Wales. Is there any sort of program or campaign that's going that New South Wales listeners can be uh, able to jump alongside uh, ACL and, and take part in, in con- contacting MPs? What's going on there, Michelle? Be absolutely sure that we are planning a campaign at the moment. Um, we're going to be really strong on this and come forward. Uh, we've actually just appointed, Neil, which is great news, a new uh, New South Wales State Director. His name is Joshua Rowe, and he started yesterday. And so he's going to hit the ground running with this bill. He's going to go in and meet the politicians, develop this campaign, and we'll definitely keep our supporters informed as to what they can do on this. And just quickly before I let you go, uh, the Lachlan Macquarie Institute, an opportunity for people to really get alongside tried and true proven leaders around the political space, around the academic space, and be shaped uh, as according to a Christian worldview. You've got some intakes coming up for the Lachlan Macquarie Institute. How can listeners take part in that? And is there a particular person you're looking for to participate in those programs? Anybody who's interested in having influence in the cultural, political, policy, law, health sphere, anything, and they want to be uh, grounded in their Christian worldview and be in an environment with other Christians where they're learning and growing together in this regard, this is perfect for, uh, mainly for those who are, who are postgrads. Uh, and and it's, it's a great opportunity also for um, connections. You connect with people that are already operating in this space, with the lecturers that come in, and they can help to connect you into certain fields. Uh, so any young, it doesn't even have to be a young person, anybody really uh, who has a real interest in this and has the three months to set aside to come and do a, a, li- a live-in uh uh, placement at the Lachlan Macquarie Institute in Canberra. Um, I encourage them to consider it and and do it. And so have a look on, online at the Lachlan Macquarie Institute. And uh, I think um, uh, apart from the residential fellowship programs, those three month long ones, you've also got some intensives uh, with different themes. And you've got a research fellowship goes three to six months while people are undertaking some higher level degrees. So I'll encourage listeners to check those out. They the websites acl.org.au no doubt there'll be a link there for the Lachlan Macquarie Institute as well but there is a separate website lmi.org.au so the ACL website or lmi.org.au Michelle Pierce, thank you so much uh, for taking some time to update us on this week's political agenda on 2020 thanks for having me Neil Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.